is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. Maslin, Wilshire, in the Miracle Mile, Southern California. I'm not alone. I'm in the room solo, but I'm not alone. Let me bring on my co-host, Mr. Greg Biggins. Two, four, seven, sports analyst. GB, what up? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good. I just got a a tweet DM that I'm looking at right now that just made me smile really hard. But uh, I'm excited about today's show. We're going to talk a couple of different things. We're going to talk a little recruiting hate. We're going to talk a little LeBron hate. Also, we're going to get to a sleeper of the week who I think is a very intriguing two-way prospect out in the Orange County area. And then we got a special tribute at the end of the show to a man uh, that's near and dear to my heart who passed away recently, and uh, we will get into that. So, without further ado, Mr. Greg Bingus, we always start this show off with the latest in recruiting news. The Transparent Troops Recruiting Report. Hit me with what you got. Yeah, pretty active Monday out west. Had a couple of uh, couple of top 100 players nationally, both from... The Golden State of California made their commitments. Kendall Milton to Georgia, Johnny Wilson to Oregon. Uh, Kendall was expected. Uh, obviously, that was planned for a little bit, but the Johnny Wilson one kind of came uh, a little bit unexpected. Talked to Johnny at the opening finals, and he said he wanted to take all his official trips in the fall. Wasn't close to making a decision. And then he went out there for Oregon's Saturday Night Live event that they did, obviously, on Saturday, hence the name Saturday Night Live. And uh, he went ahead and pulled the trigger, Keith. He had been in Oregon Lane for a little bit. It was them in Texas, the main two. Uh, Texas had actually gained a ton of ground. He visited there twice uh, in June and then was back on Oregon's campus earlier, and he's going to be a duck. So I uh, just really felt the most love from that staff. Micah Pittman's one of his closest friends. He had been on him pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Arroyo, uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator, and him had a really tight relationship. And he kind of just felt the felt the vibe, felt the love, felt the family out there and decided to go ahead and, and jump on Oregon. And then Kendall, I'll allow you to talk about coming on both those two guys together. Kendall, uh, he, he was Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. But again, Georgia was kind of the team to beat for a while. Uh, really, really close with their running back coach, Coach Dell. Uh, loves Kirby Smart, um, likes the running back tradition they have at Georgia, felt comfortable in the city of Athens. And so he went ahead and made his public commitment on Monday as well. So Kendall Milton, Georgia, Johnny Wilson, Oregon. Kendall Milton, a big physical running back with top-end speed to outrun the third level. Love Kendall as a prospect. I see him coming in, being an immediate impact on the offensive side of the ball. They are loaded in the backfield at the University of Georgia, but Kendall was a kid that's going to be tough to keep off the field with his combination of size, speed, power, and ability to catch the football and make people's miss in the open field. Moving along, Johnny Wilson, the six foot six, 220-pound freak show who can play multiple positions. Greg, I affectionately nicknamed Johnny last night the alphabet. Because he can play the X, the Y, the Z, or the H. Just call him the alphabet. 
Johnny the Alphabet Willis Wilson. Um, he can play anywhere, Greg. Can he line up outside and beat CB1? Absolutely. His strength off the ball, being able to knock guys off the ball, create separation with his route running ability. Johnny moves irregularly for a guy who's 6'6", 220 pounds. What does he project to? Is he a tight end? Is he a hybrid? Um, is he a, a H? Depends on where his body goes. You know, I'm not in charge of that. Only God himself and, and uh, you know, the people up in Oregon who are in charge of his diet are in charge of that. But can can Johnny play in the slot and be a mismatch versus safeties and linebackers? Absolutely. With his length, with his size, his ability to, again, run routes and at the top of the route create separation with that length and that catch radius. Is Johnny physical enough um, moving forward, two, three, four years down the line, Greg, can he add 15 or will he add 15, 20 pounds, be 245, play inline tight end, be a flexed out H, and cre- again, be a mismatch problem. Wherever he lines up, wherever his body goes, he's going to be a mismatch problem at the next level. Mark it down. I got him down as an immediate impact player for Oregon his freshman year. That's my call. GB? Yeah, no, I think I think the key word you mentioned there was was physicality. I think you mentioned it more as a as a tight end projection. Um, for me, that's the one thing I, I need to see more of Johnny. It's just a little bit more dog in in him. Yes. You know, I think playing with Micah Pittman, who is kind of the opposite of Johnny. You know, he doesn't have the size or the speed that Johnny does, but Micah has that dog mentality. He's very highly competitive, very tough, nasty on the field. Uh, sometimes Johnny, I don't know if he realizes he's six six two twenty, and uh, I think once he does, once he plays with that kind of you know a little bit more of a dog and. We can debate, you know, if that's born. Can you teach it? Can you become one if you're not already that way? Regardless, Johnny is so physically gifted. Again, the, the matchup issues he can cause you at 6'6". And uh, you, you just don't see a guy who's 6'6 that can run the way he can. But again, just watch him at the opening. Kind of struggled against physical press cover corners. And then just didn't look like he was super competitive uh, later on in the event. So... I think Oregon's a great spot. Just because I think Micah Pitt will, will push him. And if he kind of starts to maybe not play as hard as he needs to, I think Micah's that guy who will kind of snap him into, into, into shape a little bit. So a good fit for Johnny and a great pickup for Oregon for sure. Um, a couple, and I don't want to like say um, de- demean him, but uh, a couple, you know, non-Power 5 commitments I want sure. to address. Sure. Uh, Logan Bednar going to Harvard. Yes. I'm a huge Ivy League fan, as I believe you are too. Logan has been a you know, he'll be a two-year starter at St. John Bosco, offensive guard. Uh, he's got a chance to play in the Ivy League at Harvard. Shoot, how do you pass that up? And then A.J. Gatto, uh, who transferred from Orange Lutheran in the offseason to St. John Bosco, a kid I mentioned before, my kid and him played T-ball together. Yes, So wow. really close with the families, and A.J.'s going to Navy. So, again, um, the service academies, whether it be Air Force, uh, Navy, or Ivy League, Penn, Yale, Princeton, Harvard. Man, I love it when kids do that. I think it's so, so, so great for your future. So, uh, St. John Bosco, Logan Bednar, A.J. Gatto going to Harvard and Navy, respectively, Keith. It begs the question, Greg, are people looking at their future the right way or the logical way? It does beg the question. I mean, um, service academies, a very, very um, tremendous, it's just a, it's a great opportunity to be developed as a person, as a player, on the football field, you have the opportunities to go professional, but it does it put you um, in line with a terrific career after? 
football is over. You got to understand that the average NFL career lasts 3.5 years. I know everybody thinks they're going pro. You're not. I know everybody thinks they're going to have a Namdi Asma year, uh, career. They're going to make $100 million and play 10 years. You're not. I'm sorry to tell you that. Reality has to set in for you parents and you kids. Service Academy's great choice uh, for Gatto. And then you talk about the Ivy League. It's a no-brainer for me. Um, Bednard, Ivy League, go there and become a man. Uh, network with some of the smartest people in the world at your age group and your peer group. Begin to uh, develop the types of friendships and relationships that can help you monetize whatever your passion is. As you matriculate out of um, you know, college and, and, and master's programs and so on and so forth, Bednard, great, good luck at, uh, at what is that, Harvard? Is that is it Harvard, Greg? Yep, yep, Harvard. At, at Harvard and in Gatto at the Navy Academy. So congratulations to those kids and those families. Great move, smart decision, and uh, good luck in the future. Yeah, then we had, I, I mentioned Johnny Wilson. You know, Oregon, their Saturday Night Live event uh, was really, really strong once again. Players from all over, uh, not just the West Coast, but they had guys nationally that were there. Um, obviously, Johnny committed, but, you know, Elijah Badger from Folsom was out there. Chris Hudson uh, from Bosco was out there. A couple elite Juco kids, Junior Ajo, Bennett Williams, uh, Anthony Beavers was there. Jameer Johnson from Muir, who I like a lot, was out there. Jay Butterfield, uh, the Oregon commit, Mitch was out there. Domani Jackson in the 2022 class. Troy Franklin in the 2021 class. Uh, Troy also visited Oregon State, but uh, he worked out for the Ducks. Um, so really nice job, again, by Oregon. Kind of the second year in a row of this event. And I think, you know, it just they're getting elite talent to come out. Um, oh, Orem, we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, 2021 tackle, Kingsley. Yes. So Matia from Forum High School 2021. Uh, he, he's one of the top offensive linemen in the 2021 class. So uh, really good event by Oregon. We'll see if uh, a few more guys. I'm, I'm hearing there could be another uh, a few guys on. Like they, they would refer to it as Quack Watch. Uh, Johnny was number one. But we'll see if a few more commitments come out of that. Uh, players from all over took several visits. L.B. Bunkley Shelton was at Texas. Uh, he loved it. Uh, didn't want to come out with. You know, a, a top five or a top three just yet, but I think it's safe to say Texas is right there in the mix, along with probably USC and Washington and Arizona State. Uh, Justin Flo was at Clemson, along with his grandparents. Anytime you bring some family along with you on an unofficial, it's a big deal. Wow. And uh, I got Clemson as my crystal ball pick for Justin Flo right wow. now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> are, you, are you serious right now, Greg Biggins? I do. Are you yeah, serious? I think, uh, I think right now they are the team to beat. And he told me something that was unique. Um, Justin's always been the guy that I thought would take all of his trips and, you know, kind of drag this out and either do, you know, an All-American game or, you know, something big for the announcement. He's now saying he might he might make an early decision, even in, as soon as the summer. So if he does commit in the summer, I definitely think it'll be Clemson. Uh, locally, USC is still, you know, heavily pursuing him, and he's got a lot of family who would love to see him stay close to home. But uh, right now, especially if he decides to do it early, I, I think it'll be Clemson. USC will have a chance if they, you know, have a 10-win season or if, unfortunately, they have a, a, a subpar year but bring in, you know, obviously all the rumors, Urban Meyer, whatever, if they, if they right. were to make that, make that move. Right. But I, other than that, Keith, I really think Justin and, and Clemson would be wow. uh, the match right now. Uh, speaking of Clemson, uh, Corey Foreman, the 2021 player, was at Clemson, Georgia, and Bama. So he kind of did a, a boom, boom, boom with just one day yeah. at each Whoa. of those schools. Whoa. Corey's Centennial High School, top five player in the 2021 class. Emeka Egbuka 
from the Northwest, another top 10, top 15 player in the national 2021 class. He was at Alabama. Uh, Keely Ringo, uh, a talented DB in the 2020 class. He was at Georgia for the upteenth time. I think uh, most people have their crystal balls on Georgia for Keely Ringo. Uh, Rome Adunzi, uh, Bishop Gorman, like this kid a lot, wide receiver. Uh, he visited unofficially Oklahoma. Right now it looks like an Oklahoma-Washington battle mm-hmm. uh, for the Bishop Gorman product. Rome is a big 6'3 kid that can run. Yeah. Hit 10, 10, 6, 7, 100 meter last year. Underrated, and, Greg. Uh, Underrated. I think he's I think I, I agree. He's trending up, trending up for sure. I'm going to yeah. see him when they play Servite. Yes. Um, so he is uh, going to make a summer decision. So I think going into the trip, it was Washington, but Oklahoma, obviously uh, a, a great place. If you you know want to go catch 40, 50 balls and always have a great quarterback to throw you the ball to <laughs> as well. That might help. Um, little this, this is a little bit of, of a weird one. Bijan Robinson, South Point Catholic, Arizona. Yes. He was a done deal for – uh, Ohio State. And not, when I mean done deal, I mean it, it, he was a done deal. He was going to Ohio State. Um, he's committing August 2nd, which is on Friday. Mm-hmm. Something happened, Keith. I'm not sure what. But mm. he's not committing to Ohio State. He's not even looking at Ohio State anymore. So something happened wow. there. Um, so right now it's Texas or USC. Um, I am leaning toward Texas right. simply because they were the runner-up choice mm-hmm. um, when he originally was going to announce for Ohio State. And uh, just what I'm hearing, I think Texas is probably the team to beat, but Watch out for USC, man. He loved that visit. I think people probably saw all the all the Twitter reaction when he, you know, they had the whole entire team, two or three of the Heisman trophies out there taking thick pictures with Bijan, and he is a high high priority for USC. But right now, I have him as a Texas lead, and I think that's where he might be going. But I will not be surprised at all if he were to pick um, USC. I do have USC uh, crystal ball for Jamar Sakona. Uh, a big D-tackle, nose guard, three-tech, whatever you want to call him from Northern California area. He visited U.S. and UCLA over the weekend. was kind of a cow lean at one point, but Tony Tuioti, uh, the former Cal D-line coach, is now at Nebraska. I think that kind of hurt Cal a little bit, and he kind of grew up a, in, in a USC family, even mm-hmm. being from the Northern California area. And uh, so I have USC getting Jamar, and I think he'll make a decision probably the next couple of weeks. And then, not a <clears throat> excuse me, not a commitment or a college decision, but Tayshawn Bosco picked up an elite linebacker. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Younger wait, brother of Palaie Wait, wait, wait a minute, Greg, because wait I'm a gonna, minute. You're just going to cut me in. Cut, just going to cut me off. I have, wow. I, I have to. I have to. Gout wait a minute. This is, the, this is the recruiting segment me, of the show. Gautiote is goat. He is a USC commit, and uh, we'll be talking about him. So, shoot. You know it's a recruiting segment of the show. We can throw in a transfer in there. Uh, supposed to play at IMG this past year. Apparently wasn't happy, and so he's decided to come back to the West Coast. Uh, he played at Faith Lutheran last year, and he is going to be playing for your St. John Bosco Braves. Wow. Bosco, you know, they, they were hurt for talent. You know what I'm saying, Keith? They, they don't have a lot of guys on their roster next year, so they – they need to pick up some guys that can play. And so, luckily, they were able to find, you know, you got to feel sorry for the Boscos and the, you know, Centennial Mardes of the world who, you know, you got to feel sorry for them. They need all the help they can get. So, then a guy like, wow, Gautiote, wow. to come in and play some linebacker, wow. uh, he'll help him out a little bit. Wow. He'll, a, he'll, he'll help him out a little. Well, here's, here's the deal, GB. Here's the deal. It's the recruiting segment that you went to my eye who I've known since he was a freshman in high school, a great kid, uh, and Pali Ie, who I've known since a freshman in high school, great kid who's at USC. But the recruiting segment went to my eye transferring from Gorman, not Gorman, but from Vegas 
to IMG to St. John Bosco, a a a down year in talent there at Bosco. Obviously, they had to go pick up a linebacker, but um no man, that that's funny. Let's get back to the recruiting really quickly, Greg. I want to talk a little bit about Justin Flo. Um, saw a little bit of the Instagram live, and, and first of all, you know, hat is off to Dabo Sweeney and that staff and that entire group of people who are doing a fantastic job of helping to recruit these kids. They had like a like a, a wiffle ball game or something going on on a nice field and. I'm seeing Justin Flo hitting home runs, and he Justin just looked in his element, and he had his baby man face on, and the whole deal. So, um, I I agree with you. I think it's going to end up being Clemson. Um, I wish I'm not going to say that I wish it wasn't, but it, I mean, you know, they're stacking stars like Thanos is stacking Infinity Stones, and you know, I like to see parity. I don't like to see a bunch of guys all gang up and go to one school and try to dominate everybody else. But nevertheless, LeBron started it. Justin Flo is going to finish it. And, and, and here we go. So, Bijan Robinson, what? Greg, do you have any information? You're the inside guy. You get the scoop. You're the inside guy. You're Greg Biggs. You've been a part of the whole deal for 20 plus years. You know something. You have an inclination. You've heard something. Somebody has texted you and told you something about what's going on with the whole B. John Robinson and Ohio State deal. What's Give me what you know or what you think. So, I mean, obviously, what I know and think it might not be it might not be public might information not. to, to okay. throw out there, okay. if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but... So saying that, if I knew, I probably wouldn't say it. But saying that, I, I honestly, Keith, I really don't know. Um, wow. You know, I think this was this was startling news for for everybody. You know, Blair Angulo has been covering Bajan very closely, and um, you know, he was even shocked by it. You know, he he has a great relationship with the kid, and had shoot, he had two minutes of quotes from Bijan and why he was going to announce for Ohio State. He had the wow. story already ready to go. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when this happens, it. it Trust me, it definitely was not on Ohio State's end. They wanted this kid bad. Right. A lot of times, it was, you know, family decides, you know what, we want you closer to home. I've seen that before. Okay. And uh, you don't want to speculate too much, but, sure. um, yeah, dude, it's, it was a little bit bizarre. You don't see it too often when a kid has an announcement date set, and then all of a sudden the school we all had him pegged for, you know, kind of, uh, you know, decides, he, the kid decides to go somewhere else. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, in, in twenty plus years in the business, I'm sure you've experienced this, you know, at least a couple times. I'm just trying to get to what could be uh, some of the possible factors, like you said, parents, family, um, just maybe had a change of heart at the eleventh hour and wanted him to stay close to home or whatever the case may be. So, Bijan Robinson, you think it's between Texas and SC? I, I, I think you feel Texas. I think that's what you said. You think it's yeah. going to be Texas, but SC has a, a punch of chance here. For sure. Uh, let's go to yeah, Jamar. I mean, Keith, Keith, I've seen I've seen kids go on. You know, I've seen kids go on like have a press conference and announce for a school, and then five minutes later immediately have you know have cold feet and want to flip. So this isn't this isn't too shocking. No, you know, to see it happen a week before, it, sure. it, it was a surprise. Surprise. But we've seen a lot more you know wild things when it comes to recruiting, whether it be a guy who commits at the an All American Bowl and then like shoot, what did I just do? Right. A guy holds a presser, then all of a sudden shoot, what did I just do? I mean, we've seen. You know, we've seen guys, Darrell Price, turn his letter of intent uh, and then, you know, 
have the have the family go back and say, give me that letter of intent. We're going somewhere else. I mean, we've seen everything. So uh, it, it's, recruiting, it's always wild. No, that is wild. Something that's not wild and something I can assure you, Jamar Sakona is a really good football player and an, an outstanding, Greg, outstanding person. This is a guy who volunteers his time with the church to help feed kids, to gather clothes, to close the ho- clothe the homeless. I spent a lot of time with Jamar at our Elite Academy. Of course, he's a World Bowl All-Star selection. What a fantastic person he is. And he has a terrific spirit, a great energy about himself. And he's just a, a he's one of those change agents, difference makers in society. Now, I'm not talking football field. I'm talking about in society. I'm talking big picture. Football is a very small blip on the radar of the world. Sakona is a difference maker as a person in the community, um, in his region, in the country. That's the type of kid that we're talking about here. So I want to make sure I give my boy Jamar Sakona his just due. Not only a great football player, but a better person, a kid with an unbelievable head on his shoulders, who is very intellectual and... It's just really bright and just really outstanding. So I wanted to make sure that I showed him the type of love that his personality and his um, his character deserves, Greg. Great kid. Great kid. Yep. A, a cosign on everything you just said. So, uh, yeah, man, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up for recruiting for the week. Recruiting transfers for the week. <laughs> My eye. Bosco. Got the OJ. Bosco doesn't have any line, but they got line. I know they had a whole group that left, right? They they lost all three starters last year. I mean, I, I guess I wasn't. I guess my sarcasm meter was on wasn't on strong enough. I was completely joking when I said you got to feel sorry for Bosco. They need players. That was that was complete hyperbole. Yeah, sarcasm sure. Because Bosco's yeah. loaded, but yeah, I, I guess I wasn't clear. No, Bosco's got dudes. That's why I was. It was kind of a joke. But if you if you weren't sure, I was. I want to make sure because there will be people on message board saying, "Well, Biggins is dogging Bosco." Um, I was right. not dogging Bosco. I was doing the opposite. Bosco is loaded, and so of to see them add another impact guy was, uh, you know, it's it's quite a coup. We'll leave it at that. Quite a coup. Sounds good. Thank you, GB. Quite it's, a coup. It's time, man. I'm getting ready to shut off our live on Twitter, Periscope. We appreciate you guys for joining us, but it's time. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite part of the show. It's time for our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week. Saw this kid at the Mission Viejo 7-on-7. Not only did I get a chance to see him, got a chance to pull him to the side and talk to him. 2021 athlete. Six foot one, 173 pounds. Corona Del Mar, wide receiver, defensive back, 
Mr. Tommy Griffin. Tommy Griffin, wide receiver, DB, athlete out of Corona Del Mar High School, 2021 class. Like him as our sleeper of the week, Greg. Um, this kid is athletic, um, instinctual. He's got very good ball skills. He's got a high-level IQ on the back end. He understands how to get open at receiver to sit down in zone or to look and lean on deep balls. Um, this kid is a is a is an emerging route runner. He's not a great route runner yet, but he's an emerging route runner. He's got terrific support system. Met his father, great guy, um, really really supportive of his son. And we'll talk a little bit more about being supportive of your kids down the show here today. But Tommy Griffin, I believe he had a thou- over a thousand yards catching last year as a sophomore. You know, CDM they throw it around the yard a little bit. Look for him to have a big time year. Both sides of the ball, he plays corner. He plays safety. He plays receiver. He's just an athlete, a guy that can make plays. And um, Tommy's a guy, you know, college coaches better get their eye on quickly. He's, this guy would be a college football player. He's a terrific student. Great young man. So, Mr. Tommy Griffin, CDM Athlete 2021. Congratulations. You are our Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Let's move along. Mr. Greg Biggins. We are talking. Why are you mad, bro? Greg, because why are people mad? What's going on in the world that people are so mad at everything? You you often say this on this show. People want to find a reason to get mad. Why, Greg? Biggins? Give me the why behind it, please. I need it. <laughs> I wish I knew, man. It's a big reason why I'm anti anti-politics. I don't engage. I don't really care that much for either side. I just feel like everyone's angry. Everyone's always yelling, and everyone looks for reasons to attack. And I don't think we look for reasons to, to praise, if I'll be honest with you. And for me, Keith, and part of it, I think, is, you know, trying to live a, a Christ-like life. I like to have, like, an attitude of gratitude, Keith Miller, an attitude of gratitude. And yeah, I know there's a lot of horrific things going on in the world. It's not a perfect world. It's not a perfect country. But uh, I think it filters down in, in every aspect of our lives. And I think Twitter and, and social media in general gives people an avenue just to vent and be angry and, and look for reasons to get to p- get pissed off and attack people. And, you know, it's 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 as simple for me. You know, Mike Trout hits a home run, and you'll see 18 people tweeting him, well, he's over for the playoffs. It, like, these people just live. I, 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 can't, I can't ever get my mind around the, the person who sits there on Twitter and says, I'm going to waste 10 seconds of my life tweeting something after a guy, he's a good, good, a good human being, hits a home run. I'm gonna go ahead and waste my time tweeting. He's never won a playoff game yet. I'm gonna do that. Like I just can't wrap my head around around that guy. And uh, so to to kind of uh, segue into, I know what you want to talk about. Um, I think you know with with the whole LeBron James thing, gigantic overreaction. And I think part of it's because LeBron is always... Well, you know, Keith, go ahead and set the stage. I don't want to jump the gun. Go ahead and set the stage on, on LeBron and, and your topic for the day. Yeah, sure. So our topic for the day is, we're talking about why are people so upset and angry and, and willing to attack others? So let's, let's start on um, our scope of things, which is high school football and recruiting. So Kingsley Sumamatia. Sumamatia, is that how you say it, Greg? Close enough, dude. You did that was close enough. Okay. So Big Kingsley from Orem, Utah, Orem High School in Utah. Took an unofficial trip to University of Oregon. 
And the University of Oregon staff does a great job of creating an environment of energy, positive energy, fun, that's attractive to young men. And Kingsley gets himself dressed up in Oregon's finest football gear. They put him on a platform to take pictures and do a whole photo shoot. They got the music playing. And Big Kingsley is gigging. Greg Big. And I'm as I'm saying this, I'm dancing in my chair because my man was hitting it. And I must have watched it five times, Greg Biggins. And I loved it. I showed it to my wife. I showed it to my kids. I said, look at this big boy go. And my man looked so happy. He looked like he was in his element. He looked, he was excited. He was happy. You, I mean, you could just see the wings coming out the side of his shoulder pads. Not you know, literally, but figuratively, just he was like an angel, just an angel of, of joy and happiness and fun. And, you know, we're on this, we're only on this earth for so long. Can a young man enjoy his time? But guess what, Greg? People attacked him and they attacked the University of Oregon staff for put for for putting this man in an environment to have fun, to enjoy himself, to listen to music, dance, and just be excited about where he was in his life. People attacked him, GB. Why were people mad? Can you talk to us? So, just some background. Every school does this, right? Every school does the photo shoot. I think what Oregon does, they do it They do it up a little bit more. They actually do the photo shoot, but they, they like you said, man, they live it up. They play some music. They allow the kids to go out there kind of strut around, have some fun. They did it last year. And I think for the most part, I think right now Oregon is a very polarizing program out West. I think a lot of schools don't like them. And I think they feel like Oregon is trying too hard to push this kind of style over substance. They feel like, you know, Oregon, it goes back to even before Chip Kelly was there. It was before, uh, you know, when everyone was doing the uniform, people always saw all these, like, all Oregon has to sell is these fancy uniforms and these new facilities. And they started winning some games. And it's like, oh, well, uh, and they still kind of were hating on Oregon, I think, because they felt like, hey, you know, Nike's is, is giving them too much money. Nike's, you know, Uncle Phil, meaning Phil Knight. You know, Uncle Phil is, is you know, we're all Nike schools as, as well. Why is he only giving all the money to them, which, which wasn't true. Uh, Phil Knight actually is a Stanford alum. But I think, it's, I think it was more uh, about Oregon, Keith, than about Kingsley. And I think people just see a kid having fun and doing all that, and they just like, oh, that's Oregon again trying to sell, you know, all this flash and dash style over substance. So I think, you know, hopefully, you know, the kid understands there wasn't people attacking him. Um, it was more just people kind of just down on the Oregon program right now because they're, they're having fun and they have a fun staff and they're selling that and kids are buying it. And a lot of schools are losing kids to Oregon. And a lot of it is because kids just feel more comfortable and, and they, they want to go to college. They want to have a good time. And I think a lot of programs, a lot of fans, especially, you know, the fan bases for, I think for me and my timeline, the two fan bases that are probably, uh, I, I would say, get after it the most are the Washington and Oregon fans with each other. You know, I post about something about a Washington kid, I'll have 20 Oregon fans, you know, saying something kind of lame. I post something about Oregon and I'll have 50 fans from Washington, you know, posting something really stupid. So it, they just they just don't like each other. And so any chance they have to attack one another, Keith, they're going to do it. It's just, it's disappointing, Greg. It, it, it's disappointing that... Um we are shallow. We are so shallow that we can't allow another kid, another team, another school 
to enjoy what they're doing. We're so focused on everybody else. How about we put the focus on ourselves? You know, Greg, I can relate to this. I take a lot of shots from a lot of different people. Does it bother me? No. Because I don't focus on other people. I don't focus on other rankings. I don't focus on other all-star games. I don't focus on other people's marriages. I focus on my all-star game. I focus on my ranking. I focus on my marriage. I focus on my focus. I don't have time to focus on you. I'm trying to be the greatest that I can be. I'm trying to be who God called me to be. I'm not trying to be you. I'm not trying to worry about you. Go over there and do what you're going to do. Good luck and have fun with it. I'm trying to do me, Greg Biggins. Can we, why can't we get adopt that whole perspective? Do you. Stop worrying about the next man. The next man does something cool, does something you like, reach out to him and say, hey, man, great job. I really like that. Okay? The, the next man does something you don't like, does something that bothers you, okay? then move in another direction. Bosses move in silence. Turn the other cheek. That's what I got to say about that, GB. What, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, um, I, I, I would, ag- would agree with, with that. I mean, I, I could care less. Um, but again, that's the, the world I live in. I kind of see it everywhere I turn. So it's pretty much unavoidable. And that's the, it's a social media driven world. A lot of people. I don't know, man. Like I said, a lot of people either want to attack or, you know, they want to constantly, uh, you know, I, I think it's a self-esteem issue, to be honest with you. I think you, you've always seen that with people who are either putting other people down or who constantly have to, you know, build themselves up and, and kind of have to, you know, beat their chest about how great they are. I think it's a lot of it, it's just a, a self-esteem issue. And I think we live in a society, not, not to get all weird, but I think we live in a society that people, uh, unfortunately, are, are like that. So not anything that I think I have control over. So like I said earlier, man, I don't, I don't worry too much about it, but uh, yeah, I am surrounded by it. So it's a, it's a constant negativity and I'm not a fan. Like if I was, if I didn't have to be on social media, Keith, I would, I wouldn't, I put my phone down. I wouldn't be on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I think those times when I do that, I'm in a much better mood from having to read all, all of that stuff. That's why I don't follow, you know, any, you know, left or right. I don't care what you do. That's great for you. I just, I just, uh, I'm just not a fan of, of negativity. It's just period. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think most people would say they're not a fan of negativity, but your actions speak louder, right? Your actions speak louder than your words. So um, let's just try to keep things positive and move in a positive direction. And if something bothers you or you don't agree with it, that's fine. Um, you can move in another direction. No reason to be negative. Um, and try to be degrading towards someone else and what they're doing. Focus on your focus so you can be the best that you can be at what you are doing, all right? So with that in mind, Greg, let's take this to the professional level or maybe it's the the youth level, depending on how you look at it. LeBron James. Um, LeBron James has been the center of attention for, what do you say, 20 years now? Is that fair enough Greg pretty much shoot I would go even deeper than that I mean he was you know he was a known commodity you know going back to freshman sophomore year of high school right but 
I, I could say professionally, yeah, you know, it's 20 years going strong. Yeah, so LeBron James, probably worth a billion dollars now, first billion-dollar athlete. Um, everything he does is magnified, right? He's got the cameras on him all the time. He brings a lot of that on himself. But um, everything that he does is and will always be magnified because he's such a icon, right? He's a he's a a lightning bolt for I think um, controversy for many different reasons. So there's a, a video out where his son, no, not his his son. I think throws a, a lob or somebody throws a lob. Another kid comes down on the wing, catches it with one hand and dunks it. I mean, it's a great play on a fast break. LeBron goes on the court. He's like acting silly, loses his shoe. He slides back on the court, grabs his shoe, gets off the court, and then somebody calls timeout, and LeBron runs on the court, chest bumps a kid, and I'm all for LeBron being excited and having a great time. Um, I think that's great. The issue becomes, is LeBron going too far? Because he he took a lot of flack, a lot of backlash via social media and others. Jason Whitlock who is kind of the anti-everybody. But is LeBron going too far, Greg? The flack that he's catching, the hate that he's catching, is it justified? Has he gone too far with his antics, jumping in the layup line, stealing the show from the kids, you know, doing a bunch of dunks? Is LeBron going too far with his, quote-unquote, support of his son? Or is he going too far with his daddy baller antics <laughs> you 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 talk to me gb i set you up nicely yeah i know i mean I, i've been a lebron fan i think i'm one of the few guys i was a huge lebron fan when 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 kobe was still playing for whatever reason a lot of kobe laker fans can't support lebron for me he's the number he's the second greatest player of all time i, mean, I know i just ticked off a ton of people but for me michael jordan will always be number one but Dude, I'm a diehard Kobe guy, but no one has done what LeBron does outside of the GOAT, Michael Jordan. So, um, is he going too far? Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I don't care. Like, number one, it's 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 AAU basketball, which is kind of like 7-on-7 seven seven football. It doesn't really have that much value. Um, I think the argument is, what if there's another dad who ran the court? You know, the guy would probably get arrested, right? I mean, that, was, <laughs> that was what people were complaining about. Why, is Le- why can LeBron do it, but no one else can? Because he's, I'll LeBron. tell you why. Because he's LeBron James. That's why. <laughs> right. And I think if you're that guy, you get some special privilege. I think someone posted, "Hey, hey, at Oaks Christian game back in the day, Joe Montana, who you can make a case, maybe the greatest quarterback at worst, top five. Yes, you can if make you, a case. If you win, if you're Joe Montana, guess what? You can be in the sidelines of your son's high school game. If you're, you know, Joe Slappy, you can't be. And that's that, there's nothing wrong with that. So. Um, I have no, I have no issue with LeBron going to the dunk line or going to the layup line and throwing some dunks down. Now, did I think he needed to run on the court? No, probably a little over the top, but I still didn't have an issue with it. Uh, just because I think he, he's a fun, gregarious guy. I think his kid loves it. Now, if his kid's getting embarrassed, which he isn't, this isn't a Lavar Ball situation. And I'll be honest, I was all for Lavar Ball for the most part when when Longo was at UCLA because I've seen so many absentee dads. I've seen so many kids who didn't have fathers. So when LeVar was over the top, I was like, dude, you know what? I've seen guys who weren't even around. So I have no problem with what LeVar's doing. Now, when he was kind of saying, I could beat Michael Jordan, I'm undefeated, and we sort of make the thing about him. 
that's why I kind of said, okay, Lavar, you're going too far. Yeah. But when Lavar, Lavar, Lavar was over the top for, for, for his kids, I was like, dude, that's, that's, I'm okay with that. Because at least he's involved. Uh, but this isn't, this isn't, LeBron isn't LeVar Ball. I think LeBron is, he's just a fun guy who's involved with his kid. His kid loves, you can tell his kid loves it. His kid's teammates love it. Shoot, probably the other team loved it, right? It's LeBron James. Like you said, man, he is, he is, you know, 100 years from now, we'll be, we'll be talking about LeBron James. No doubt. Man, he's he's no doubt. that guy. So I, I wasn't a big deal for me. Okay. So let me pose this question to you. Take a deep breath because we're going to go, we're going to go below the surface here. If LeBron James was was not black, because the whole narrative of absentee fathers is normally focused on the black community. Okay, so just don't 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 fly off the coof real quick. Just hold tight. So if if LeBron James was not black, if he was white, but he was still LeBron James. Would this still be an issue would it, to be talked about? Or would it be a bigger issue to talk about? Because the whole rebuttal is, I see a lot of absentee fathers, or I've seen, which is fair. That's a fair observation. But if LeBron James isn't black, is it still okay? Because at that point, you do see a lot of present white fathers or Asian fathers or Polynesian fathers or Hispanic fathers. So if LeBron James is anything other than black, is it a bigger problem? Because at that point, it doesn't, is it still support for your kid, over the top support for your kid? Or, or does it become something different? Does it become a, a clown, a, you know, a circus? Is it a circus at that point? Because the other ethnicities are very present in the home in terms of being fathers. So is is it now because LeBron isn't black, he's maybe a white LeBron, and he's out here acting this way, is it now more of a problem than it is now? Now, instead of just backlash on social media, is it really a big problem, Greg? I mean, honestly, for me, when I saw LeBron do that, I didn't see a black father. I just saw LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for me to say, well, if LeBron was white, how would I react to that? Because um, I've seen, I know, I know what you said about, you know, people say absentee fathers is more of a black community thing, but I've seen a ton, um, you know, it, it, just in my line of work, yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. a ton of absentee dads that were white, that were Hispanic, Mexican. So I, I wasn't even thinking of LeBron being black. Now, are you saying if it was just uh, if LeBron was white, or if it was the, uh, a dad of a white bass, like say if it's Dirk Nowitzki, right, right, right. Or if it's Larry okay, Bird, yeah, that's, a, that's Larry probably Bird was on the court. Yes, that, like, right. That's so are, a, you, are you saying is it still LeBron? With a different color, or is it just a random dad who happens to be white? No, let's just say it's a it's a superstar, non okay. non black athlete, okay. who behaved or or quote unquote supported his kid and team this way. Would it be a much bigger story, or would it be a, a smaller story? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to visualize. So let's just hypothetically, let's just say it's Larry Bird. Well, I mean, that's so hard to visualize, Larry Bird 
running run onto the court like that. Um, <laughs> right. Just for the fun of it, say Dirk Nowitzki runs onto the court, he's excited, he loses his shoe. I, I don't know if it would be any different for me personally, at least. I just I just think people would probably be going, what the heck is Dirk Nowitzki doing? Get him off the court. I think it'd still be fun. I think we'd still be saying, hey, Dirk's there supporting his kid. What's the big deal? Um, I don't know if they'd be, I don't know if they'd be like, are, are you saying, do you think people are making a bigger deal because it's, because it's a black father versus if it was like Dirk? Well, I think the rebuttal is, is, is a black thing. The rebuttal is, it's LeBron supporting, going out of his way to support his kids because he didn't have a dad. Sure. That's the, that's the logic behind it. That's the reasoning behind it. Okay. So what if a guy did have a dad? Dirk Nowitzki had a dad, right? He had a, he was he he's present in the home. He had a dad. So is it is it okay for him to act this way? Given the fact that we know he had a dad, we know he supports his son, is it okay for him to act that way as well? Or is it because LeBron didn't have a dad, comes from a, a single parent home and that way feels justified going over the top with his behavior. Yeah, see, at that exact moment, though, Keith, I don't think LeBron's even thinking about, I didn't have a dad. I'm going to show my son right now how proud of, I think he just kind of, I think he just did it. I think he just reacted. He, I think he loves his kid. His kid knows it. And he just, he was being a, a, a goofy. And you see all the Twitter videos of Taco Tuesday. I think that that's how LeBron all, all the time is. I don't know if it was a case of him, like a premeditated, I don't have a dad. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the court to, to show everyone how proud I am. I, like number one, I don't. I mean, if it's Dirk, if it's Larry, Steve Nash, whoever, I wouldn't think of him any differently. To be honest with you, I, I'd, I'd be like, hey, that's great. Get off the court. You know, you're a celebrity. You get you get away with it, but get off the court. But I would still think, hey, it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's goofy. It's, he's supporting his kid. Now get off the court. Grab your shoe. That's how I would see it. I, I wouldn't see it through a you know through a you know he's doing it because. He's a he's black and black fathers aren't present most of the time. I, I I don't see it that way. But again, I you know that's coming from a different lens than obviously you're coming from. Right, and and I don't think it's the way LeBron sees it. I think it's the the way others see it, who have either an issue with it or who are supporting it. Right, if you're going to support something, there needs to be some evidence of why you support it. Right, there's got to be some type of connection there, and the connection is. Their black fathers, quote unquote, are you know t- at times absent in the home, and this is okay because they're absent in the home. They were absent in LeBron's home, so this is okay for him to do that. So um, that's all I was trying to get you to kind of um, evaluate. But thanks a lot for that. So, anyways, yeah, I don't know uh, if I helped out much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I may not have set the table very well. Uh, but nevertheless, um, LeBron's support of his kid is awesome. Um, do I think it's premeditated? No. Um, I love his energy. I love his enthusiasm for others, for his kids, for his family. At the same time, um, he's LeBron James. He gets passes. I mean, this is America. This is not Afghanistan. He gets passes. Most of us don't get Greg Biggins, you might get the pass LeBron James does, but I don't get it. Okay? I don't get that pass. And you know what? I'm okay with not getting that pass, and I'm okay with him having that pass. Um, 
His life is led is 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 under a microscope twenty four seven by choice, but with that comes perks, and these are the, these are some of the perks. He gets to jump in a layup line and do freaky dunks. He gets to run on the court and act silly, and I'm okay with that. So, um, for the people who aren't okay with that, you kind of need to check your own self, right? Stop worrying about LeBron and check yourself. If you want to be able to do what LeBron does, get on LeBron's level. But until then, have a seat. Let's move along. Greg, I want to end the show today uh, with a special tribute. Special tribute to a man who um, I adore um, as a person. It's my my mother's late husband who just passed away this past week, Mr. Bob Swivel Hips Johnson. Bob was uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. He was an elite high school football player in his day. He was a 50-year veteran of the United States Post Office, Postal Service, um, a high-level supervisor, uh, a God-fearing man. My mom struggled with relationships her entire life um, until she met Bob Johnson. Bob loved her. He treated her like the queen we all knew she was and is. He treated my kids like his own. Bob was an outstanding person. He had a beautiful spirit and a great heart. He treated others with the utmost respect. He would put on his leather hat in the house so you know he was different. This is a special tribute to my man, Bob Johnson. I'm going to go see the body. I got the wake. I guess that's what they call it after the show today. Going to go see his body for the last time and his funerals tomorrow. And um, I just want to close by saying we all could learn from Bob Johnson. He treated people the way he wanted to be treated. That is with dignity, kindness, care, and respect. He conducted himself daily with the utmost class. And he treated my mom, which was eventually his wife. He revered her. He treated her like she was the only woman on earth. Like Barack treats Michelle. And I will always and forever be grateful and have a special place in my mind and in my heart for Mr. Bob Johnson of Kansas City, Missouri. Swivel hips is what they called him because he was a running back and he could go. Bob, I appreciate you. I love you. Let your soul rest in peace. GB, it's time to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us here on The Transparent Truth. We appreciate you. The world's number one football high school podcast, high school football podcast. Mr. Greg Biggins, I appreciate uh, you always rocking as my co-host. I appreciate everybody listening and pushing this show forward. 
We plan on taking this show national very soon. I'm excited about the challenge. I'm excited about the direction. We need your help. Each one, reach one. Let them know. It's the transparent truth or nothing else. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.